Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Howdy folks, this is good old JR Jim Ross. I want to thank you for downloading the Ross Report. And I certainly want to thank all the sponsors. We've got some great sponsors who make this possible every single week. He's considered the greatest broadcaster in wrestling history. Yes, sir! And now, WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross, the legendary voice you heard calling every major wrestling match in human history, brings his famous friends to the podcast world. Nice! Welcome to the Ross Report. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Slobberknocker Audio is back on the air for the 197th time. I'm Jim Ross. Thank you very much for downloading our program. We got a good one for you here this week. A big double main event because we're going to have part two of my interview with Dave Batista. I think you're going to find it very eye opening on many fronts. And I will not spoil the surprise. And there are no spoilers on this. Sad to say. He says with tongue in cheek. I'm not a fan of spoilers. Uh, and also, for the first time, my dear friend, fellow WWE Hall of Famer, Jerry, the King Lawler, will be joining me. And I was telling uh, my producer, Andrew Ford, that the interview with Jerry would probably be much like a road trip and just sitting there and recording it. And I think we did that. I had no questions written down. And you'll, you'll hear, it's, it's really, I loved it. Love catching up with those guys. So uh, really good show for you here today. Uh, we'll get all that rolling. Again, thanks for downloading us. Thanks for subscribing for free at Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five-star rating and a comment or two. We appreciate that. It helps us. And uh, for that, we thank you. But now, ladies and gentlemen, the main event of the evening. Falls don't count. No stopping for gastric attacks. It's time for What's On My Mind. What's on JR's mind? Very busy week in my life. Kind of a busy week, I'm sure, in yours as well. The holiday of Thanksgiving in America is being celebrated by many of us. Uh, and I uh, 
have had a interesting week preparing for my first Thanksgiving without my, my wife, Jan. Ain't been easy, but we're getting there. Had a real fun week last week. I had some great meetings in Los Angeles about our book, Slobberknocker, My Life in Wrestling, maybe moving to some sort of audio somewhere down the line. I never count my chickens before they hatch when it comes to dealing with Hollywood. So we'll stay tuned. The good thing is there are people interested in Slobberknocker and uh, refining it to their, their needs on, uh, on video. So we'll keep you informed of that. We had a phenomenal book signing Friday night in Houston at the Barnes & Noble, the one at 5303 FM 1960. You know that one? Uh, that address just rolls off your tongue, doesn't it? Let me tell you something. They, they uh, turned out the dog for good old JR. We had a huge crowd, signed a lot of books, a lot of selfies, signing other stuff. I just had a great time. So thank you guys uh, in uh, Houston at the Barnes & Noble. And by the way, I have another Barnes & Noble appearance this Sunday. The Sunday after Thanksgiving, specifically on November 26th, 4 o'clock, Barnes & Noble in Tulsa. I'm a 918-er coming home at the Barnes & Noble on 71st Street in Tulsa. So that'll be this Sunday at 4 o'clock. I hope we have a good turnout. You know, I always worry about doing these book signings. I think my, the image I conjure up for myself in the myself mental mutilation is the scene where uh, Mickey Rourke and the wrestler was sitting at that card table at a meet and greet. And there wasn't a damn soul in the building but another another fat, out-of-shape wrestler that was sleeping. I don't think we're going to have that problem, but we worry about it. Our massive egos worry about things like that. So that was Houston. I got home on Saturday afternoon in time to watch a little bit of the OU football game and was very uncomfortable with Baker Mayfield's conduct. He's not starting on Saturday. He's not going to be the captain on senior day. Now, look, somebody said, well, what the hell? He's uh Look, he came there with no scholarship. He set out a whole year when he probably shouldn't have had, had to because the incident of lays omnipotence. He made a very stupid error in judgment acting out at Kansas University. And maybe, we don't know what was being said, but it was obviously it was kind of crude. you got to believe, right? He didn't handle it well. Bottom line, he apologized. He's not starting his last game at the stadium. I'll be there. I'll be on the sideline there. So it's just going to be weird. So he's getting punished. And uh, he still should win the Heisman Trophy, in my view. And if this affects the Heisman Trophy, then what the hell is the award for? You make one mistake as a 21-year-old kid, and uh, you're eliminated from you know one of your lifelong goals and dreams. It's crazy. But in any event, the all-knowing media will work it out, no doubt. All right, so I, I got home in time to watch NXT. Really enjoyed NXT. Somebody, I've been asked 10, 100 times, maybe more, why didn't you call the War Games match? Well, I wasn't asked. Look, NXT's got three broadcasters, and they damn sure didn't need a fourth one, in my view. So, and, and they're still trying to, you know, create their own rhythm. It's a work in progress, always is, especially when you got three. Gosh, I had no issues with that at all. I thought those guys did a nice job. It was a uh, really fun show to watch. Some guys stood out big time. The Alistair Black uh, Velveteen Dream match was excellent. really was. Excellent. And Black is a big-time player. He's unique, but he has to be perceived on the next-level television like he's perceived now in that cocoon of talents. Stay in your box that you do really, really well, and don't worry about nothing else. Do what you do well a lot. 
Velveteen Dream was uh, phenomenal. This kid has become, uh, he's, he became that character. He's taken ownership. I love that. He's bold enough and brave enough to step out there on the ledge. Athletic as hell. I was really impressed with him. He's a product of my buddy Danny McDevitt's Maryland Championship Wrestling Organization. They do good stuff there in Maryland. And Danny and his crew do a phenomenal job. One of the great indie promotions in the, in the, in the world. And a great school. I like the uh, McIntyre almost match. I was shocked and saddened that the finish came as suddenly as it did because apparently Drew McIntyre has torn a bicep or tricep, some upper arm muscle injury. And if that's the case, and the MRIs, I don't have that information when I'm recording this, it could be a year. I exchanged some text messages with Drew, encouraged him all I could. And, uh, you know, he's, let me tell you, here's what I told him. You've overcome bigger obstacles in your career. You left WWE. You ventured down on your own. You made it out there. You made it out there well enough. They warned you back. So here you are. Then you became the champion. You overcome more than a upper arm injury. So he'll do the work. He'll be back better than ever. He knows he's got his game together now. He knows what he does well. And he's just a much better hand now by going out and wrestling those high level talents in indie organizations around the country, around the world. So uh, I'm sorry about that one. It took the glow shine off of it. And in any event, the women's match, you know, in these multi-person matches, like a war games, the traditional five on five tag at survivor series. We'll talk about that in a moment. You can't get multiple people over to the degree that you, if they're one of your favorites, you'll be satisfied with in a match where there's a lot of spotlight being shared. The goal in that match was to anoint Ember Moon. Wholeheartedly agree with it. She's special. She's a unique cat, no doubt about it. And I, I really like her work. Anyhow, I think that that was she was really the star, and and rightfully so in that match. But everybody else played their role well, and I, I my hats off to them. And by the way, I wanted to uh, say Selena Vega is a big time bonus for her man. Uh, Andre Almas, the new, the new NXT champion. She's something that has that something extra that you look for in talents, the it factor. And she's very athletic, as you saw, those of you that saw it on WWE Network. I like her. I think she's uh, really got something. Uh, and I like the fact that it's a role that's not overpopulated, the advocate, manager, whatever role. So keep your eye on her. I thought Cassius Ono got a, some nice stuff out of Lars Sullivan. Both these guys are really good. Cassius Ono is a lot better than than uh, maybe he's given credit for by some. I don't know. I, I like his work. Lars Sullivan has really intrigued me. I really believe that he's got the it factor big time. If he, if, he's, if he doesn't go insane or become mentally crippled or whatever, the rogue can do that to you. Then he's got a chance to be something. So I really enjoyed the NXT show. I enjoyed the War Games match. I had to get in the flow of the rules. Because, you know, look, I'm an old-timer. I call the first war games. And it didn't resemble that one. But that don't mean it wasn't as good or one was better than the other. It's your personal preference. I didn't dislike the match. I just had a hard time attacking the strategies and the story being told. But, you know, Roddy Strong and Adam Cole, my God. It's amazing. Two of my favorite guys. So the match was unique. 
people are talking about it. Some liked it, some didn't. Same old deal. And I thought the broadcast team did a nice job, and it's cool that guys like uh, Ranello and, and Percy and Nigel could call a war games. It's a cool deal. It's still not old, too old for me to say I call the first war games. That's a neat deal. So uh, good job, NXT, and all involved. Great effort. Then we moved to the Survivor Series on Sunday night. I watched it in the comfort of my own home, as they, we used to say on, uh, on hyping the pay-per-views. Order and watch it in the comfort of your own home. Now you can watch it in the comfort of your own phone, wherever you are, right? I enjoyed Survivor Series, by and large. It, for me, I didn't watch the uh, pre-show matches, being fully transparent here. It just, for me, it made the event too long for my enjoyment. But I watched the main show from start to finish and thought it was a good show. The only thing I can say negative is it might have been a little long. Some matches might have been timed a little different for my taste. But nonetheless, I thought all in all it was an excellent effort. I loved the Lesnar-AJ Styles match. I find it amazing that some people thought that Lesnar abused AJ the early part of the match, not knowing that all Lesnar was doing was setting up AJ's comeback. And if you're a broadcaster, you love the story of the comeback kid. You love the story of the guy that doesn't give up. He's getting his ass handed to him. He's getting bounced around like a rubber ball. But he didn't die. He didn't quit. He didn't sell his head down. AJ Styles is arguably the very best in-ring performer in the world. I said that here a long time ago. I said that before he even came to WWE when I saw him at New Japan. He became one hell of a hand. And I, and I love the promo the great Paul Heyman did. And Paul and I used to share a lot of passion with each other. Some of it was not always positive on some of our car trips. Like, you know, you ignorant son of a, you know, that kind of deal. Or you redneck, no good, ba- okay, that kind of deal. But we had fun. And we tapped into each other's passion. And he knew my my hot buttons and uh, AJ styles is that guy that if, if he's, a, he, he might be my number one pick if I had a territory because he's reliable. He's durable. He makes any match better that he's in. He makes every opponent better that he works with. I love the deal. Well, Brock Lesnar's never had a better match than he had with AJ. God, come on. I don't, I don't understand all of a sudden Brock Lesnar became a bad worker. I don't get that. Maybe I'm missing. I don't know. But the match he had at WrestleMania 19 with Kurt Angle was pretty good stuff. Pretty, 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 pretty good. So hats off to AJ and Brock. Great game plan. Chop down the big redwood tree. Work on that knee, in other words. Destroy the vertical base. You lessen the advantage of this monster that weighs 300 pounds. I even saw online where somebody pointed out this, the exact moment that Lesnar blew up, that he fatigued, that he was gassed. Boy, some smart people out there in the Internet world, on the Twitter machine. I liked uh, Shield and New Day. Good, solid tag. Nice story. Right team won. And I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Sheamus and Cesaro against the Usos, four of my favorite guys in the territory. I really like the Usos where they came in their career. They've become really good heels, almost to the point of being too cool for some people's taste. You're almost swimming upstream when you think about it, when you're a cool heel and you're not really a villain. It's challenging. But nonetheless, I love the match. I thought they did a good job. And I, uh, I really like the Usos. And Seamus and 
Cesaro, Sheamus and Cesaro are a team like the Andersons. They need time. They need time in long matches, physical long matches that take a, a toll on the opponent. But you can't do that on television. That's, it's hard for them. To me, they need to have longer matches because that, they're the kind of team that they need to they need to be out there a little while for me. Anyway, that's my take on those guys. I like them. Again, reliable, durable. Bust your ass. The, uh, the Team Raw versus Team SmackDown uh, women's match was designed to get who over? Asuka. One of my favorites, Asuka. And I believe that her being undefeated is huge. Who else could say that right now? So keeping her unique, mysterious, her facial expressions, when she gets seemingly potatoed, is priceless. Remember, multi-people matches, you got to be specific on who you want to get over out of that group, and then in descending order, uh, the other person's rub. So uh, it was good. And I didn't get to see the uh, pre-show matches. I was glad to see Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn back. I like them, and I I haven't got Elias yet. I, I read a little review of his match, and I just haven't tapped into the character as much as I should, so that's my fault. The Raw main event, the traditional Raw tag match, Braun Strowman. That's the story. End the story, starting the story, it's over. That's it. He's the guy that uh, came out smelling the best out of the uh, Survivor Series match. He was the focus. That's what you got to do. If you're going to get somebody over, you got to don't go half-ass it, man. And they didn't half-ass it with this guy. So it was good. Wasn't, you know, I've heard all kinds of critiques about T-shirts and all this other stuff. God almighty. Whew, it's crazy. So there's my thoughts on uh, NXT and Survivor Series. Thought both were really solid matches. A lot of talent stepped up and distinguished themselves. The production was immaculate. The announcing was really good, by and large. Hey, think about this, those guys on Survivor Series. Five-man table? A five-man table. And it had, if it had been me, in hindsight, by the way, I must add, I would have had Cole on the left side of the screen and Booker. They looked like little children at the kids' table at uh, Thanksgiving. And they were down the line too much, and they're, the, you know, they're, they're still the number one show. I, I know, trying to make parody. I get it. But they've been trying to do that for years, WWE. And I've been on both sides of that. Raw's a show in a story. So I thought that the five-man team was challenging to listen to from the standpoint of this, not because I didn't like their voices, not because of what they were saying. Every time I heard a new voice, I had to stop and process. Now, who's that? So it took me away from the moment processing the audio I was hearing because I was hearing five voices and then the ambient sounds. And then the, the, the handhelds took out the talents. There was a lot of audio and adding five voices to the, as a narrators made it a little bit challenging for me, but nonetheless, it was a, it was a fun show. Good weekend. Like I say all the time, folks, good time to be a wrestling fan. Really jacked about, uh, returning to Tulsa on Sunday afternoon, four o'clock. As I mentioned, Barnes and Noble on 71st street in Tulsa. I'll be there starting at four o'clock uh, signing books and if you've got something else you want me to sign, you don't want to buy a book, you just want to come by and say hello or take a selfie, come on by. You ain't got to buy a book. I'd like for you to buy a book, but if you don't, that's cool. Coming by and saying hello is, means a lot. Look, it's holiday season. 
So do that if you can in Tulsa on Sunday. Then the following week on Wednesday, November 29th, we'll be in the shadow of New Orleans, the home of the next WrestleMania. And we'll be in Metairie at Barnes & Noble in Metairie at 3721 Veterans Memorial Road. Uh, And by the way, check out jrsbarbecue.com and on the homepage, I think there's a thing that says uh, events. Check that out and it tells you everything you need to know about uh, where we're going to be in the next few weeks. So more on that before we go off the air, but Tulsa this Sunday and then uh, New Orleans, Metairie, Louisiana, more specifically uh, the following week. A couple of thoughts, one that came out watching uh, Braun Strowman. I'm really high on Strowman. I think he's a, could be an amazing attraction. Underscore what that means, attraction. I don't see Braun Strowman as a weekly television character. I think he will keep his uniqueness. You will see him sell less. You will see him take less bumps. You will see him stay stronger more often than not in all aspects, if you see him on a reoccurring basis. Now, I don't know if I'm saying he should keep a Brock Lesnar schedule. Lesnar did work more events this year than was perceived. But somewhere in that range of talents that, you know, he just doesn't need to be on every TV show or on every Raw. But I really like what WWE has done. He was a star of the Survivor Series that last match. Some people thought some of the other guys got eliminated early. It was a bad, bad timing, bad booking. You know, we all, we could always say that after the fact, I find it somewhat embarrassing for some in the, the media were critiquing all kinds of stuff and mostly booking. You know, I don't understand why these four guys got eliminated early in the survivor series. Well, that's what was called for. And that's what they felt like they needed to do to get to the end game of featuring Braun Strowman. And the reason Triple H took the fall was not to get himself over. It was to set him up to get his ass handed to him by Braun Strowman. And count and check this at your box. And if they wrestle at a big event, I will promise you Braun Strowman will look very, very strong. So until we chat again, ladies and gentlemen, that's what's on my mind. Hey, my name is James Petrogallo. I'm Jimmy Wisman. Please join us every single Tuesday for Crime in Sports. So fun. You like sports? You don't have to. Let's just set up a context and find out what an idiot did wrong. What I do like you say? It. I'm in. We're going to do that each and every week. We take an athlete, we break him down, we make fun of everything he's ever done. Yeah. But in order to do that, we have to build up and tell you all about their career and get you to what, James? To grace. grace. And That's then right. watch them fall from grace. Who as doesn't they inevitably like that? do. Join us. Big criminals, small yeah. criminals, sports you've never heard of. Yeah. doesn't matter. It's the crime. It's the comedy. It's such a good time. Join us it. every Tuesday for Crime in Sports. You can join us every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on all Apple products. Find us every Tuesday and laugh at people. Hey, folks. Uh, again, I want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving that's celebrating such. Also remind you that you can score our products online very quickly, very efficiently at www.shop.com. They got it all from us, including beef jerky, seasoning, two barbecue sauces, chipotle ketchup, and jalapeno honey mustard. We call it the main event mustard. Check it out. We've taken uh, on on our uh, products, the high fructose corn syrup is gone. It's all gluten-free and vegan-friendly. How about that? Did you know that? So jrsbarbecue.com has more information. 
but you can certainly order at www.shop.com and they'll take care of your business. The other thing I'll remind you here at the holiday season, I'm very partial to slobber knocker shirts. It warms my cockles when I see one in a book signing. And God knows we all love warm cockles. So uh, ProWrestlingTees.com helped a lot of guys, including me, with our merchandise. So Slobber Knocker merchandise, all kinds of T-shirts available at ProWrestlingTees.com. And right now for both ProWrestlingTees and WWE.com, the Black Friday specials are amazing. I think at WWE, if you spend 30 bucks, you get free standard U.S. shipping. So not a bad deal. Check both of them out, and we appreciate your support, as always, on our barbecue products and our shirts and all kinds of other gimmicks that we sell at our gimmick table. The Ross Report. This man deserves no introduction, so you'll not get one on this program. He knows he's always <laughs> welcome. Where have you been so long? You're the busiest guy I know that doesn't need to be busy, but likes to be busy. Jerry Lawler's with us, ladies and gentlemen, so let's hear it. Thank you, JR. You're right. I'm, I'm the busiest guy to accomplish nothing that I've ever seen. <laughs> I, don't, I don't ever get anything done, but I'm always doing it. Well, you're not really, so a, I don't, I don't you're not really a ne'er-do-well. <laughs> <laughs> a ne'er-do-well. Yeah, my, my favorite, one of my favorite lines of all time you used on me was when you said, and then here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry Lawler, if that is indeed your real name. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, you look like Bruce Wayne, a stately Wayne Manor. Yeah, uh, Right now, I'm sitting there. I have my my Clark Kent get up on. I have a Superman a Superman hoodie and my Clark Kent glasses. Uh, some, American some, try to be incognito. Some children never grow up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't do it. No if you're a child, don't don't grow up. It's a trap. You're, you're damn right. And the other thing is, nobody's going to notice a, a man, a mature gentleman, wearing a <laughs> Superman shirt. <laughs> hey, uh, I, I got, it doesn't draw any attention whatsoever. None whatsoever, ladies and gentlemen. Plus, you're with Lauren, and she's going to attract an eye or two. So. <laughs> right. Nobody looked at me. Yeah. Well, yeah. So anyhow, I'm looking forward someday, and I know I've been invited, so it's not your fault. It's mine, schedule-wise. I want to come visit Jerry, uh, King Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill, 159 Beale Street, ladies and gentlemen, in Memphis. You'll oftentimes see King there, as a matter of fact. But <laughs> As a matter of fact, you will. Yeah, Cooking so. or bussing tables or something. You never know what I'm going to be doing uh, there. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> you know what, You know what, JR? I just sent out a uh, – I just uh, – you know, you and I both tweet a lot. I, I'm, I think I may tweet more than Donald Trump. But but anyway, we both tweet a lot, and and if if anybody's listening out there and they want to add me as a, uh, you know, a follower, follow me or whatever, it's at Jerry Lawler. Yep. But I, I just somebody somebody took this really cool picture. I I don't know who, but it was up on a Twitter or something. Anyway, I took a screenshot of it, and it was just a picture of you know like they were standing like right in the middle of Beale Street and just shooting down towards the end of Beale Street, and my. You know, the big neon sign with the name King Jerry Lawler's Hall of Fame Bar and Grill was there. And then right next to it was B.B. King's uh, Club right next to that and everything. It's just, and I sent out a tweet that said, I still am amazed when I see my name on the world-famous Beale Street. Because, I mean, Beale Street really is, as far as Memphis, Tennessee goes, it's it's like Bourbon Street in New Orleans. It's world-famous. It gets 5 million tourist visits a year on that street. Man. So, um, yeah, and, and, and to show you, put it in context, uh, Elvis Presley's Graceland, 800,000 a year. Wow. And we get 5 million visitors down on Beale Street. That sounds uh, like a, a great opportunity to, to market your product, you know? It's a great location. Well, 
Yeah, well, I mean, what we what we do there, of course. I mean, you know, it's it's all about uh, when you have a club on Beale Street, it's all about food and fun and live music and all of that sort of stuff, which we do. But the, you know, and then and then basically the when you say market your product, basically the you know the theme of it. We took it from club that was in there a little more than a year ago when I first got it was a it was just kind of nondescript. It didn't really have any theme to it. Where, you know, when you go in B.B. King's club, you know you're in a uh, a place that's a home of the blues. You know, there's this there's this guitar, Lucille, hanging on the wall, and all that, you know, it's just all about blues and music and that sort of thing. Well, naturally, King Jerry Lawler's, we made the uh, entire motif is all about Memphis wrestling because, you know, Memphis wrestling was, uh, pro wrestling was so prominent in the city and everybody that comes in there, uh, you know, grew up around, uh, grew up around wrestling. And so, you know, that's, that's the whole thing. We've got trophy cases full of, uh, all kinds of things and memorabilia from, from my career in wrestling. And then we got all kind of, you know, a lot of WWE stuff in there. And we have, we have wrestling going on the, the, the WWE networks going all the time on the TVs. And we're also got some TVs that show old Memphis wrestling shows. And so it's pretty cool. And the, the great thing is, you know, we get, as I said, the majority of our visitors are from out of, out of state or out of Memphis. So they're tourists and, and, and the response that we get when they come in and see, you know, all the wrestling stuff is, is just great. I mean, because it, it is different from everything else on Beale Street. How's your gimmick business? Now, I'm not talking about the gimmicks that the Iron Sheiks used to like. <laughs> not that gimmick. But how's your, your gimmick table do, so to speak? I got to believe this is a souvenir. It's got, you know, you sell a, a shitload of stuff. Well, it does when, when I'm there. Uh, I mean, you know, and then people are coming up and they'll buy. I mean, we, you know, naturally we have the T-shirts, we have the hats, we have uh, pictures and that sort of thing. We even sell. You can even buy a crown down there. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, that stuff does well. But it does the best when I'm actually there to to uh, sign stuff and yeah, all that. Absolutely, you know? I can see that. Well, you know what you ought to do? You ought to have a sign out there that says, like they do the Krispy Kreme. We used to drive by those places. <laughs> Donuts are ready. Right, hot donuts. Yeah, King's here. King's here. <laughs> King's here. That's right. That's a good idea. You know, a lot of those people have the little flashing open sign, but you see it with a little flashing neon sign that said King's here. Jerry's here. Get to work on that right now. <laughs> I see your influence on your menu. Uh, yeah, you know, it's good. It's got. It's, it's, I did it's, name a lot. Of, I did name a lot of this stuff in there. But you know what's the funny thing? And, I, and I'll be honest with you. This is. The, I mean, this is probably not the best plug for uh, the, the place, but. And you know this to be a fact, Jr. I'm, I'm maybe the only guy in the wrestling business that you know of right now that has never even tasted not one sip of beer, wine, whiskey, or any kind of alcoholic beverage. Never in my life. I know. And so for me to wind up owning a bar is just uh, <laughs> it's, a little, it's a little far out there. And and the other thing that you and you know this too, Jr. I mean, I hate to be around drunks, and it seems like invariably when you own a bar. And after, you know, late at night, you're going to be around drunks if you're in there. Bingo. And so it's, uh, you know, that may be one of the reasons that when I do go in there, I usually go early in the day. And, of course, you know, in the daytime, it's like a, just a normal restaurant, kids and uh, families and everything invited and, and, and that sort of thing. And that's all cool. But the later you stay at night, sometimes people get a little out of line. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and so, you know, there's funny drunks and there's mean drunks. That's right. Unfortunately, I mean, I, I I can't say this though. I really really have had no problem with mean drunks. And well, I take that back. One time, Lauren got attacked, and we had quite a we had quite a little brawl. We tried to throw this lady out, and she just wound up attacking Lauren, and that was quite the scene. Who went over? But, <laughs> Who went over? Well, that, let's that see. I think the, the police said it was a draw. Oh well, good. 
So you don't have to have a return to decide it then? No. Just let it go. The, the, the girl that did the attacking and the hair pulling wound up sitting in the police car for about an hour, but then Lauren decided not to press any charges or anything, so uh, everybody went home happy. Oh, good. God bless Well, Lauren wasn't happy, but the girl was happy. She didn't have to go to jail. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you don't want to go to jail in Memphis or no. anywhere else, actually, but Memphis included. I like the menu. I'm hungry for a lot of things I'm looking at right now, but could you not have found a picture of yourself that wasn't so damn hairy? <laughs> There's a hairy man. I get people saying that all the time, and you look like you're wearing a sweater. Yeah, what are you doing there? It's like I don't know. You know, early in my career... And I'll tell you another little story about this. I've told you before, but uh, uh, and told many people. I was never into manscaping or even worry about grooming your chest hairs or shaving your back or any or even shaving under your arms or anything like that. Until and and it's so funny, you know. Until I got around Hulk Hogan, and and one day Hulk and I are sitting in a locker room, and I look over, and you've seen those those like long shoehorns that they make. Out of plastic, where you you could put it, but you know you help get your shoes on while you're standing up. Yeah, you, you ever seen them? Yeah. Well, he had one of those long shoehorns, and he had a he had like a twin blade razor taped to the bottom of it. <laughs> and I'm I'm thinking, what the hell is that, right? And then all of a sudden, he goes over to the mirror and he turns around and he starts, you know, he's shaving his back with this razor taped to this long shoehorn. And so I said, well, I'll be damned. That you know, I I think that might work, and so that's what I started doing. That was when I first started uh, getting rid of a little bit of the uh, rug that I was wearing on my body. It's funny how that has evolved because now, if you see a wrestler with a hairy chest nowadays, it's almost like I don't want to say it's distracting, but it certainly is distinctive because not not yeah. most guys are smoother than a cue ball. Yeah, well, John Cena prides himself on the fact that the there's not another hair on his entire body other than the hair on his head. Now, that's a lot of information right there. Yeah. That's what, I mean, he's told me that many times. See, folks, what you hear on this show, the, <laughs> the stuff that you can take with you is a life lesson. Yes. If you want to be successful like John Cena, shave every damn hair on your body except your head. <laughs> he has eyebrows, though, right? Yeah, he does have eyebrows. You're right, right. about that. And then I laugh. That's it. Yeah, I laugh. Well, you remember, Jr. When, when we were on the road and I was by myself and everything, I used to just shave one of my legs. And then that way at night when I was laying in bed, I felt like I was with a woman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just one of them. Hey, I tell those stories all the time. I said, did you and King have fun traveling? I said, we had a blast, man. Because we knew, especially when we did those double shots, where you would do a, a pay-per-view on Sunday, and you knew what was ahead on Monday, chaos and right. edginess and angst and, uh, you know, uh, all that stuff by everybody because everybody's kind of got a little – Jet, I don't want to say jet lag, but you know, they're just, you got to regenerate your batteries here in 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, it was, it was like, it, you couldn't have, I mean, it was just to put it in simple terms, it was like a letdown. Yeah. You know, you built this up, built it up, boom, blow off, and then it's all of a sudden you realize in your mind, whether you like it or not, we got to start over from square one yeah. and try to get back to where we just were yesterday. I am looking at the other king's favorite sandwich. Oh, yeah, baby. Elvis used to love those uh, peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Wow. Oh, man. I'm kind of of looking at that right now myself. Oh, man, on two big pieces of Texas toast, all buttered up and real cooked in a skillet. And look here, kids. You can get a side order of Lipitor if you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we call it heart attack on a plate. Yeah, there you go. I think it's very cool here that you got a sandwich named after your late brother, Larry, who I've met many times and and thought a great deal of. But that's kind of neat. Well, what it what it actually is, and and this was uh, 
Oh gosh, when when my brother was really sick towards the end there, and he was in the uh, Baptist Hospital, which was just not too far from my house here, um, and he, he just I don't know, there was not a lot of stuff. That, that, of course, the hospital food was just he thought awful and didn't didn't like it and everything. And there was a restaurant uh, named Huey's that's right here, but right really almost at the corner of my street here. And they were famous for a sausage and cheese plate, mm-hmm. as is the Rendezvous and and uh, a lot of the restaurants here in Memphis. But that became like a one of the things that Larry craved. I mean, it was like one of the only things that he just enjoyed eating, you know, there towards the end. And so, uh, yeah, we 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 put that on the menu just a Larry Lawler sausage and cheese plate. Yes, yeah, cool. so it was just yeah. I like that. And of course, if I was there now, I'm watching my carbs. I would. Oh yeah. I would probably have the barbecue pork salad. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're trying to watch your carbs, that would be the thing to have. Right, it looks good. If you're not trying to watch your carb, the things you need to have. Do you <laughs> see on there? This is we're the only place on Beale Street that serves these, and maybe I, I, the only place in Memphis that I know of. Deep fried ribs. What the hell? Yeah, holy <laughs> fried ribs. Oh. I mean, it was, it's like our—I mean, our barbecue ribs are awesome, and they're so juicy and moist and tender and everything. We take those those juicy, moist barbecue ribs, and then batter them and dip them in and, and fry them. And I'm—I'm I'm telling you, Jr., you never had anything like it. I'm getting ready to slap myself here in a minute. <laughs> you know, we ought to have a cooking show. I just had another idea. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll work on that. JR and the King on the road cooking and eating. Come on in. And what if we did it with fans and they invite us to their home and, and we use their kitchen? <laughs> yeah, that'd be better than, than tra- I think somebody already does travel around to the restaurants and dives and yeah. whether well, there's a when a show like that on the Food Network. But yeah, no, that would be a, a whole new concept. A whole new concept. If people actually invited us into their homes exactly. and we just we could mess up their kitchen and yes. do all sorts of stuff, yeah, go, man. Go through the Go through the drawers and all that stuff in the bedroom. Put metal in the microwave. <laughs> leave a spoon on the plate. You know. Uh, yeah, that'd be a fun deal. A little cooking show. We might think about that. I got an idea on that deal. By the <laughs> way, on Sunday I had to go to the grocery store. You know, I'm kind of doing my thing here, and I I run the grocery store. My little list, like a little goof. <laughs> you know, I can't find this. And I got to look at the labels, see how much carbs this has got, and. Jeez, and the I, people come up and always surprised to see good old Jr. Uh, shopping yeah, in, the, in the grocery store. Uh, yeah. Or, Hey, Jr. No, I'm not. I don't know him. I don't like him anymore. I always I, I got to do this carb counting thing, but I'm a foodie. I, I'm a foodie at heart. But I'm kind of it's kind of an adventure for me to get off these carbs. I know exactly how you feel. That's when I you know when I try that diet. The, the that's the only diet that's ever worked for me is cutting out the carbs. And one time, the first time I ever tried it. You remember years ago, we, the, the WWE brought that nutritionist in, and they were, you know, they were going to hire a nutritionist to be on the staff full time. And then this guy sat me down, and and you know, he made it so simple the way he laid it out. About he said, "Look, here's here's the whole concept of how your body and your metabolism works. You know, you want to burn, you want to burn off the fat that's on your body, right?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, "Well, first of all, you got to realize that the body burns carbohydrates." for energy and you use it. everything takes energy even blinking your eyes you know and so it, it, it but it burns carbohydrates for energy first and then uh it stores fat well here's the simple concept if you don't take any carbs into your body then your body is forced to burn that stored fat for energy ding 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 and i went i went hey that sounds simple and sure enough it was it worked and but it was 
it, as you say, it's it's an adventure and not necessarily a fun adventure when you love food like you and I do. Uh, and so it's it, for me, it was just hard to stick to. You know. You know what I'm missing? So, you know what I miss the most? Potatoes. What? Potatoes. Oh, of course. God almighty. Well, every everything that tastes good is carbohydrate. Yeah, and and, and pasta and bread. Oh. We were very easy to please. I remember. There was one town, I don't, it looks like it was in Minnesota or South Dakota or somewhere, and it's a long stretch of road. We saw this oasis in the middle of, of these fields, and it was called the <laughs> KSC Buffet. Mm-hmm. You remember that? Oh, my God, that was so good. Oh, I didn't think we were going to leave. You get all this uh, coleslaw and fried chicken and mashed potatoes and gravy. It's pitched to you win, man. Was, yeah, I don't know what the deal was. Been to KFC or eaten there a million times, but that was the first time we had ever seen a KFC buffet. Oh, yeah. We were lucky, man. And there was all of that chicken laid out. Oh. Crispy. Extra crispy. Mm. Uh, regular. You know, it was just everything was there, man. The mashed potatoes piled up with that gravy. Here's the thing, folks. King's driving, as always. I'm riding shotgun. I read the scores out of the USA Today or whatever, just passing the time. He controlled the radio and the steering wheel. My theory was always this. If he wants to drive, he should have the right to listen to whatever radio station he wants. And this happened to be that we liked the same kind of stuff, so it didn't matter. <laughs> right. So, but here's the deal. We're driving, and I see this sign. And I look at him, and he kind of picks his eyes over at me. And he, I said, did you, did you see what I just saw? I think I did. I think I did. So at about a mile or two, there's another one of those signs. Next exit or two miles, yeah. or exit 14 oh, yeah. or whatever. Okay, we got it now. We saw it. It's not a mirage, ladies and gentlemen. We are not hallucinating. There's been no marijuana smoked in this car because the king don't smoke and he don't drink. So there you go. <laughs> but I will do a KFC buffet. Oh, you brought And we did. He got right after it, and we had a great time. And then I was so damn, you need a nap, really. You know, yeah. that's when we need a driver. And then you would usually take a nap, and that's when I'd just be sitting over there, bleary-eyed, <laughs> trying to keep my eyes open with a toothpick and all that. You could always do the deal with Danny Hodge deal, where you just eased over and hit those bumps on the side of the road. Where it's oh, yeah, I used, to, I used to do that with Jerry Jarrett all the time, back when, back in the early days when he and I were driving somewhere. I, what I would do, too, I, I would, you know, I would shut my right eye. He's sitting over on the passenger <laughs> side. I would shut my right eye, and then and then... <laughs> I was just looking out with my left eye, right? And so then I'd ease over, like you said, and start hitting the, you know, just ease off the road a little bit to the shoulder and bump, bump, bump. Sure enough, he'd look over and it looked like my eyes were shut. And he'd say, hey, hey, hey. And I'd what, 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 what is, what is, he'd say, pull over. You're going to sleep. I'll drive. Yeah. It worked every, every time. Every time. Every time. Hodge did that to me. <laughs> About two trips, and finally, I just quit asking him to drive. So you got. Well, you used to, you used to, this drive me crazy at first, but I couldn't say anything about it. But, you know, you used to always want to smoke. I know. Yeah, mm. I know. I, I, That's another thing. You know, when, you, when you've never smoked in your life, that nothing smells worse or is more annoying than somebody sitting right next to you smoking. No, you're right. <laughs> I, 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 and I apologize for that about 20 times. I'm sorry I did oh, that. Oh, yeah, you did. And I'm, uh, and I'm glad that I quit. I haven't, mm. I haven't smoked a cigarette since uh, the OU Alabama Sugar Bowl. I think that's, no kidding. Yeah, I think that's like four years. Something like wow, that. that's great. Yeah, that so is great. So the the restaurant is open seven days a week, obviously. You know what? I'm I, honestly like right now we're coming into the you know once it starts getting a little cool. Uh, sometimes I think we're either closed on Sunday or Monday, one of those two days. Okay, good. One of the days we take a break. You All know, right. if somebody's listening here, and a lot of them are, they don't live or around Memphis. They can go to uh, your what your website, the the grills website. What's the website if I want to go see 
when you're open and what's going on? Uh, I think it's J.L. Bar. I think it's, no, J.K.L. Barbeal.com. Couldn't you think of anything simpler? I didn't do it. You know that. God, Jerry. All right. We're, we're going to get that. No. We're going to find that before we get through this, and I'll make sure and plug it anyway. So check that out, folks. I know my barbecue restaurant is jlbbq.com. Yeah, now tell me about your diversity there. You got the you got the nightclub slash restaurant in the, on the heart of Beale Street. Now, right. what else have you got rolling down there in Memphis? Because I'm telling you, I believe that if my exit had not been closed, and now that I got this show, and, and social media is such a player in our marketing lives that my place would be kicking ass right now but you know yep. that's not the way it worked out so what are you doing outside off Beale Street I, I want to know about that I'm interested in that well this uh, Beale Street of course is downtown Memphis and it's right on the Mississippi River and everything and so uh, the every uh, you know there are a lot of cities that are sort of built like that the, the the city of Memphis is just right down it's all it borders the downtown area borders on the Mississippi River and across the rivers Arkansas, and then it also borders on the northern border of Mississippi. So the only place, the only way that Memphis could grow was out east. And really, every everything, the city has just grown and grown and grown, but it's all out east, or you know, spread down into Mississippi too, and some over in Arkansas. But if you live in Tennessee, you go you go out east, and and out uh, the first eastern suburb that you came to. That was basically outside of Memphis was Germantown, mm-hmm. and which is was always a really nice area. And, and there's Germantown Parkway is the name of the main big, the big drag that has every you know every every city has one of these places that has all the the big mall at one end of it, and then all the every kind of eating place and every kind of car dealership and all of this kind of stuff all up and down Germantown Parkway. And that's what that is. So um, we found a spot and we put in a barbecue restaurant right it's it's located a little strip of stores there's a mo there's a mo's restaurant right in there and then there's some other um eating place in there like a subway shop or something like that but we're right out in front of a super target and a super walmart so there's a lot of traffic and uh, and dermatown parkway just gets millions of cars a day up and down it so it's a great location and we just we opened up uh jerry the king lawler's memphis barbecue company and now it is. It differs from the bar and grill. We don't serve alcohol. It's just basically a, a fast, casual, uh, you know, barbecue restaurant. Mm-hmm. And so we have a good little diverse menu, uh, and they're the, sort of named after wrestlers or wrestling moves and that sort of stuff. And and the cool thing about it is, I don't care what you order, whether you order ribs, uh, pulled pork, or the whole ball of wax, which we call the Big Red Splash, which was named after you. Remember the wrestler Big Red? Yeah. Our marketing department or our advertising agency, they just took a bunch of old Memphis programs and they went through and they found out, saw these different names that weren't necessarily, I mean, these guys didn't really know that much about wrestling, but they just pulled out some names that they thought were sounded interesting and stuck them on some of, some of our uh, products, you know. So the, the the Big Red Splash, which was Big Red's finishing hold where he'd jump off somebody off the top rope and splash them. Mm. And um, so they, they named our our biggest meal, the Big Red Splash, that's where you get like four ribs, a big pile of pulled pork, a big pile of brisket, big pile of barbecue chicken, and a big pile of smoked sausage. Wow. Hey, I like And like like three sides, and it's just it's huge. It's more, more food one? than three people could eat. Is it for one guy? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Wow. And but, also. But the, but the cool thing about our place is what I love about it. When you walk in the door, you walk right up and you order at the counter. 
tell the girl what you'd like. Mm -hmm. And from the time you order, you'll be putting your food in your mouth within four minutes. Wow. So it's like not, I mean, it's, it's not a place where you're going to go in and sit down and wait and everything yeah. forever. So it's, it's very fast, it's casual. And, uh, you know, we got some old, old wrestling playing on one of the TVs in there. Now the whole, all the walls are, are, are wrestling motif and pictures and all that sort of stuff. I love that. Well, obviously I love it. I had, that's kind of our idea of the, for what here in Oklahoma we're going to do. And I didn't have enough of my stuff because I didn't have the career you had, certainly, and certainly not as diverse. So we had, a lot of the boys, including yourself, uh, donated stuff, and we put it in our restaurant. And now I got a storage unit full of stuff and two <laughs> two stores. <laughs> so plus Jan's stuff, you know, Jan had this massive Marilyn Monroe collection and Fleetwood yep. Mac and what the Soprano stuff. That, and of course, Mickey Mantle and John Wayne, big time, big time. Well, you know, I, I had the same thing with all this. I mean, you know, I've collected Coca-Cola memorabilia and and uh, Cleveland sports memorabilia and and Lauren with the Marilyn Monroe as well and mm -hmm. and Norman Rockwell and art and all this kind of stuff. So I was so glad that the um, that the the place down on Beale Street came along because they was able. I got to I got to shut down about three storage units when <laughs> when I took all the stuff out of there and. and put it on the walls in the in the place on Beale Street. Outstanding. So the one thing we were talking about following and getting information, here's what I would do for you tell you guys. Just follow King on Twitter. At Jerry Lawler. Yeah. It's that simple. At Jerry Lawler. And he will uh he keeps he'll keep you updated on where he's going and what he's doing. Us old dogs have learned to hunt in a different way. Yeah. But tell me if I'm wrong, Jerry, but if you're not involved if you're doing what we do or selling our goods and services, et cetera, et cetera, and we are not looped into social media, you're probably not going to be successful. Oh, no, you're dead in the water if you're not on some sort of social media now. And and it's it's amazing to me. It may, it may not sound like a lot to a lot of people, uh, but, you know, I, mean, I, I know you've got way over a million. I've got 1.3, almost coming up on 1.4 million followers now. And, you know, that's that's a lot of people that every time you tweet out a message to, it's going to, you know, it's going to be available to be read by all of those followers it's going to pop up on their feed so that's that's a pretty strong vehicle to get your message out there and then one of the things that i didn't ever think about but of course lauren is lauren is bigger into uh, instagram than i am but i do i do still post some stuff on instagram now when i realized i looked on instagram and i didn't even i don't even remember starting or opening the account but i've got almost three hundred thousand followers on instagram wow so yeah, you know, and uh, and all of a sudden you put uh, put up uh, put up a picture of me and you or something, and the next thing you know, you look at an hour later and it's got two thousand likes. Uh, so well, you know, people are people are looking at that stuff. Bless their hearts. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of uh, questions about, and I'm sure you are too, about the 25th anniversary of Raw coming in January. You know, I fully expect that you and I will be involved in some shape, form, or fashion. Don't know, don't know that. I'm I'm assuming. I don't know how you would have a, you know, without sounding so egocentric that Monsoon would say, don't break your arm patting yourself on the back. <laughs> yeah. But how in the hell would you have a 25th anniversary of Raw and not include you and me? I don't know how you'd book Oh, that. trust me. They could do it if oh, they want I, to. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. But I think that the in recent years, it seems like WWE is embracing the alumni, so to speak, and us guys that work a kind of a part-time gig there, part-time, you know, certain number of dates, whatever. I think that's a good thing, and I think we're going to see more of that going forward because, man, they keep clearing televisions. I can't believe the amount of TV they produce. And the only way that that network's going to work, Jerry, in my view, is 
Some original programming ideas got to get hot. It's a must-see television show, and you can only see it on the network. And that's why I think that there's a pre-game and a post-game show is a unsung hero because it's a unique program. It's tied to that event. You can't see anywhere else. You don't get that on direct TV. You don't get that on pay-per-view. You get it on the network. So you know, I just think it's got an opportunity there to grow and be something special. You, you know, one of the things, and I'm I'm not I'm not knocking them at all because um you know you don't like the hand to feed you or anything like that. And plus, they just they're coming off Jr. You know this as well as I do. The most successful financial quarter in the history of the company. So they're obviously doing something right. Look, nine ninety five and that network is an amazing bargain in my view. Pay-per-views, no, come on, man. It, it's like 30, 34 cents a day. Oh, uh, it's, yeah, it's, come on. You can't, it's more than you're going to, you're going to spend more at Starbucks. Right. Really? Well, I'm not, because I don't drink coffee either. I, I know you don't. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry has no vices, ladies and gentlemen. Why we got along so well all those years, I was a smoking, drinking, farting fool. <laughs> and I didn't do any of that stuff. You didn't do Well, maybe, maybe the farting. Yeah, crack a window. So are you happy with where your investments are in Germantown and Beale Street? I know they're different entities uh, serving different audiences, but do you see them both? Are they growing at a level that you're comfortable with? I just, I guess what I'm asking. And because I don't know how their business is right now for, for eateries. It's always challenging. You know that. Oh my gosh. It's very challenging. And there was just a big, there was just a big story in the, in the local paper here last week about how, Memphis in basically all over the country, but Memphis in particular is, I think they call it over restaurantized. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got one street here, Summer Avenue, just right, right, right over here, not far from my house, which is an old street that's been around forever. And, and people don't even, uh, you know, I mean, most of the population has moved out to a newer area and everything, but just the Summer Avenue has 57 restaurants on it, God. on that one street. And that's the way that, you know, that's the way the city is. There's just so many, not just so many eating places, but so many good eating places here in Memphis that, like you say, it's challenging. So I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy in the sense that, uh, you know, that we got, the, that we got these places open. Mm-hmm. And, and they say the first year, of course, is the most trying times. We've been open more than a year now down on Beale Street and it's, and it's doing well. Um, and we're coming up on, I don't know, seven or eight months now on the, on the place out on Germantown Parkway. And yeah, they're, the, you know, they're both, they're both holding their own. I'm not getting rich off of them by any means, but, uh, you know, we're 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 making money rather than we're not losing money. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Look, some restaurateurs never make money. They lose. Right. They lose from day one and never catch up. So if yep. you're look, I believe that after a year, if you're you, you got to be prepared to break even, maybe lose a skosh the first year or so. If you can't afford that, then you shouldn't be in the business. Right. That's like the same thing I used to talk to Bill Watts about, and he, and he acquiesced and understood. It makes all the common sense in the world. If you're a promoter and you're selling a ticketed event, if you can't afford to have any advertising budget, you will never be as successful as perhaps you could be. Right. Especially today when the, from the damn attention is so fragmented, Jerry. Golly, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard. And like you said, Memphis has got amazing, it's amazing cities for a lot of reasons. It'd be fun for folks to travel there, visit there, the Heritage Sun uh, Recording Studio, where you and I've been there, Elvis's home, Graceland, obviously. So it's all good. You can see the birthplace of Jimmy Hart, things like that's cool. (laughs) (laughs) 
baby. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the other thing. They just saved the other day. They just had a story here where they were going to tear it down, demolish it. The birthplace of Aretha Franklin. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. It's just a little, little, just a little is she still, room house. Is she still alive? I know she don't live there. but she's... Aretha Franklin is still alive. Remember what, remember what a pain in the butt she was at yeah. WrestleMania that year? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The biggest, I mean, you know, way, way past her glory days, but still the biggest diva that I, we had ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> Very high maintenance. Yeah. Aretha Franklin. Miss Aretha. But but yeah, there's a there's a lot of lot of stuff here in Memphis to see and do and And they can watch your T V show, your new T V show too. New T V show that we just that started this past Saturday and it's the concept that you and I have talked about a million times. What what do we hear the most? Man, I sure miss those old days when wrestling used to be on every Saturday morning on the local station yeah, here. Yep. Well, there's what we're going to do. We're going to come back and we're going to reshow those old Saturday morning shows that we used to watch every week here in Memphis. And, and we're going to, do you remember, I, I, I loved this concept when it was on, uh, on, I don't know if it was on sci-fi or whatever, but it was the mystery science theater. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. Where they'd show an old B movie and these three guys, it was a guy and two little robots or something. And and they would all come into the theater, and you'd just see the silhouette of the back of their heads, like they're sitting on the row of seats in front of you, mm-hmm. watching this movie, and they're talking throughout the whole movie. Well, that that's basically what we've done. We've got I have a guest with me on every every show. Uh, the first one was Bill Superstar Dundee, and so what we did, we went back and we got picked out three matches during the hour of that featured me and Bill. And it was, the first one was the Tupelo Concession Stand Brawl, and then. Then a then a loser lead town match that we had at the Mid South Coliseum, and and then a match where my where I was leave me leaving town against Bill's wife's hair. If he lost, we were going to shave his wife's head in the middle of the ring. So we throw we show those three matches, and while those matches are going on, Bill and I are in a little box down in the corner, and we're commenting. You know, we're we're commenting on on everything that's going on in the match along with the commentary. So it's it it. Uh, it really turned out really good. The first one I was really pleased with, so we'll we'll see how it goes, you know. If you, do, you live outside Memphis, is it going to be put online, or is it going to be... You know what? I'm not, I'm not sure yet. The first thing I think we talked, I talked with the station manager and program director and all that stuff about was the fact that they have, in their, in their group that owns their station, I think they have about, if I'm not mistaken, the number like 14 other stations around most of them are in the mid-south area like they have a station in jackson tennessee they have one in little rock arkansas and they have one in in uh, jackson mississippi wow. i think the first thing they want to try to do is is get these get this show on all of their sister stations so to speak yeah. and then and then um see what they do after that with streaming video or or having it on their website or something like that but i i just we i just am not clear on that we we were kind of so involved with getting the getting the first show off the ground and on the air this past saturday that i don't and and man twitter blew up all everybody asked me oh man i don't, I don't live in the memphis area how can i see it yeah. i want to watch this so bad but can't get channel 30 we're going to find out exactly how how everybody can see this well, that's, i think it's obviously inevitable it's i think folks should just calm down and it's going to happen. It's just got to, you got some, like you said, you got some I's and dots and T's to cross to get there. But digital is the wave of the future. Hey, now, let me get this straight here. So you and Dundee do the show. Is it an hour show or 30 minutes? Hour show. Okay. Hour show. You got three big time matches. The Tupelo thing, 
uh, all the way through the Mrs. Dundee getting her head shaved. Well, no, he won. He won that match. He he was a little upset. You know, we first showed the match where he and I were partners. Then the second match we showed was me and him loser leave town match, and I won. He had to leave town, and then um, and and when we came back after that match ended. He was a little upset. I think he thought I'd just asked him to be there to kind of embarrass him, show him getting beat all the time. I said, stick around, Bill. Don't leave. You may like the outcome of this next match a little better. It's when when your wife, Beverly, had her hair at stake. It was so cool. The match, man, We this was in the, in the time when we had this unbelievable uh, crew of talent there in Memphis. And what we did, we had all of the guys come out and sit on the front row. You know, when this match, this match was so important to everybody that all the wrestlers, uh, sat on the front row of the, um, of the, the ringside that night. And, and Beverly was, was sitting in one of the ringside seats. And as her bodyguard, there, these two young guys, these two big muscled up guys that were just trying to get their foot in the door and just getting started working for us a little bit. And it was Jim Helwig and Steve Borden. Yeah. And uh, they were they were there as the Blade Runners, and they're sitting there next to Beverly during the whole match as her bodyguard. Then, of course, we had Stan Lane and Steve Kern, the fabulous ones, sitting over there, and Terry Taylor and uh, Coco Beware, and all all of these you know all of these guys who went on to become superstars uh, later on, you know, are, are just at that time sitting around the ring watching this match between Bill and I. And so that was the then that was the third match of the hour, and of course he prevailed and. And he was a little bit happy then that that he got to to him. It was like winning the blow off, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, the last match was him going over. That's good, right? You got to keep your guests <laughs> happy, Jerry. You got to keep your guests happy. You know what the hell? Yeah. You get the final word. You, next week you show him losing three times. <laughs> right. And our, our next show, you know, I'm going to try to, you know, there's there's still a lot of guys around from that era. Our next show, I've already got nailed down. I'm going to have Dangerous Doug Gilbert there, and we're going to go back and look at a lot of the stuff from Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. You know, a lot of the matches. He and I had some big matches. When, when Jimmy Hart left Memphis to go to the, to start in the WWE, the way we had his, the way we had his exit was, you know, uh, he was managing Eddie at the time, and, uh, he, Eddie Gilbert and I had a, a loser leave town match where if, if I lost, I would leave, but if Eddie lost, Jimmy Hart would have to leave. And so, you know, then the, that's what happened. I won, and then, of course, Eddie showed up the very next, or Jimmy showed up the very next week in the WWE. And so it was, uh, you know, we had a lot of matches. With, and then also the um, the time that Eddie Gilbert ran over me in the parking lot of yeah. Channel 5 in his car, well, that was Eddie and Doug. Doug was sitting in, Doug, Doug was in the passenger seat, and when they, when they hit me and knocked me up over the hood and into the windshield and busted the windshield of the car and dislocated my hip and flipped me over the, off of the, off of the back of the car, Doug said that, uh, he looked over, or said he looked over at Eddie and they both had eyes real big and Eddie said, do you think I hurt him? <laughs> Doug said, I think you killed him. <laughs> and they just kept on driving right out of the parking lot and I laid there and then they had to come, you had to go to the hospital with this, you know, dislocated hip and all that sort of stuff. So we're going to show all that stuff and, and talk about uh, Eddie and, and Doug there on the show, and that should be that should be real interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, we had so many so many great programs and with different stars down in Memphis is unreal. Well, the the blessing for the, for producing a show is that so many of your big matches had a multiple week build up before the blow off. Yes, and so yes. they're all it's all episodically done. You could theoretically have a, one of your say something really really significant that you really like, you might get more than one show out of quite easily. Yes, absolutely. It's all episodic. So that's, that was smart booking you guys did back then. Everything seemed to be logical more, more often than not as logical as pro wrestling can be more 
You know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, right. like the Christmas monster or the the Christmas creature. That now, you know what? My son Kevin actually came up with that idea for Glenn Jacobs and created the Christmas creature. And of course, Glenn, that 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 may be his. Uh, least favorite moment in his career. He doesn't even like to ever see anybody mention that or talk about it at all. But before he was the dreaded Isaac Yankum yeah. in WWE as my dentist, he was the Christmas creature down in Memphis. Mm. Quite the metamorphosis. <laughs> and now he may be the next mayor in Knoxville. Yeah, wouldn't that be something? I'll tell you, Jerry, you know, we've both been around lots and lots of talents. I've never been around anybody more reliable, down-to-earth, straightforward and honest in our business than Glenn Jacobs. Yeah, absolutely. Good dude. Uh, you you won't find. I don't know if you ever find anybody that say anything bad about Glenn. I, I I certainly couldn't tell you anything. I couldn't say anything bad about no, the guy. Heck no. Heck no. So at Jerry Lawler on Twitter, you are also I see still staying busy uh, wrestling. Is that still wrestling, man? I just wrestled this past week and uh, this past weekend. I wrestled over in right near Chattanooga. I wrestled in Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, on uh, Friday night, and then I wrestled in um, Canton, Georgia on Saturday night, sitting there and then, then, then sitting there signing autographs. And of course, Danger Doug Gilbert was there and my son, Grandmaster Sexay and Ricky Steamboat was there on both the shows. <laughs> so it was, uh, Sexay. Yes, Grandmaster Sexay. Yes, he is still, Vince, he is still a nut. <laughs> Vince, we're getting out of my head. Go ahead, JR, say it. Sexay. You'll write, be writing a microphone. <laughs> say it, JR. Sexay. <laughs> so, just, we could we could do a whole show about things that we know that Vince either told you to say or told Michael Cole to say. Uh, the first, the most embarrassing one that I can remember that, and and later on I went to him and he I said, "What the hell, man?" And Michael said, "I swear Vince told me to say it. I swear, you know, I would have never thought about that." And it was the time Mark Henry picked me up out, into, out by the I guess I was I don't know if I was wrestling Mark or what happened, but anyway, he picked me up and slammed me through the announce table or down on the announce table, and they carried me out or whatever. And then uh, then after the break, they said, well, we want to give you an update on the king. He's uh, he's not doing too well but in the back, and they says he's suffering from anal bleeding. <laughs> 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 so that's when I went to Cole afterwards. I said, what the hell are you doing? What is that? Where did that come from? I swear. I swear Vince told me to say it. <laughs> I get to see it back in the day, Jim Barnett hearing that story. Oh, my God. Jerry, is it were they working me, or did you really have anal bleeding? Of course, that would be exactly what he said. I'd, I'd like to know, just for my own edification. <laughs> I'm alone. I'm very lonely. Uh, right. Well, yeah, we could do a whole thing. And look, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry and I have put our heads together, and we're going to attempt to have a multiple shows, Q&As, uh, ringside shows, and uh, tag-teaming it. And so we may be coming to a city near you. And, of course, when we get ready to do this, we'll have everything set up so you can find all the dates, how to get your tickets. We're going to play smaller venues so we don't look stupid we don't sell out. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we had our first production being on the phone the other day. It lasted about, oh, 30, 30 seconds. Yeah, we always do those long production meetings. Oh, long. I said, hey, Jerry, here's what I think we could do. What do you think of this? Bing, 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 bing. That'll work. Okay. Meeting over. Meeting adjourned. Here we go. Next next item of her bid on The Price is Right. That'll do it for this week, part one of Jerry the King Lawler. A whole lot more to come next week here on the broadcast. And coming up momentarily, we'll have part two of our amazing interview. Not because of me, because of Big Dave. 
Dave Batista, part two, coming up momentarily. Right after we thank one of our great sponsors. They're here every week, and I certainly appreciate that. I appreciate you guys using them because they are the best. It's True Car. Well, folks, there's something about True Car that a lot of folks just don't know, and that's that True Car can also help you find a used car. Some of our budgets are just more suited in this day and time for transportation of the pre-owned type, right? So if you're going to go that route, and a lot of folks do, remember that there are over 700,000 pre-owned vehicles available from True Car certified dealers nationwide. 700,000. Good Lord. Whether you're looking to buy new or used, True Car gets you upfront pricing that empowers you, letting you see what other people paid for the same car that you're looking for and what a fair price is and is not. Helps you feel confident. Don't walk on, like Ernie Ladd would say, all a cabbage, all head, no rear end. And with True Car, you can connect with a local certified dealer of your choosing to make the process quick and easy. You don't hear those words many times in a sentence regarding buying a car. Quick and easy. So when you're ready to buy a new or a used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. What say you, Gordon? Well, uh, some features, JR, just not available in all states. But thank God, Jen is. Uh-uh. Pro wrestling fans, join me four days a week on the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, where we cover Raw, SmackDown, the hot topics in pro wrestling, and interviews with stars on camera and people who work behind the scenes, such as ex-creative team members. New shows drop every Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and you can hear me and co-hosts cover professional wrestling like no one else. With 30 years of experience, I cover pro wrestling with an independent voice, unaffiliated with any wrestling company. Recent guests have included Jim Ross, Teddy DiBiase, Jack Swagger, Lillian Garcia, Sean Mooney, Stan Hansen, and more. Find my show at Apple Podcasts, just search Wade Keller, or on the Podcast One app. We're getting to the conclusion of our Batista interview. Just want to remind you folks that uh, it helps us a bunch. We thank you for it. I'll mention this one time, get right through this deal. Hit that subscribe button at Apple Podcasts for the Ross Report. And if you do, it's free, first of all. You never miss an episode of our program. Uh, new episodes will be automatically delivered to your phone or tablet as soon as they are released on Tuesday nights at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific time. And be sure to leave a five-star rating. <laughs> Why not? And a review at Apple Podcasts. Big help, folks. We appreciate it. This is the Ross Report. Did you develop a good relationship with Vince earlier than later or if you had to do over again would you have waited or you done it quicker because to me and and you know this right having your relationship to the old man right is pretty damn crucial it really is you know it was a perfect timing for me because you know if i think if i had done it any earlier you know when it came time to argue with vince which you know sometimes i did and i I pissed him off a lot i pissed him off to the point where he actually said to me one day he said you know what i want to do right now i want to slap the shit out of you (laughs) like all i could i couldn't believe he was saying this to me i was like man all i could do was laugh and he just got more pissed but i think it got to the point where i think vince 
knew that I was in it for the right reasons. I think he knew that I wanted to be there and I was good for the company. I was a company guy. Um, so I think it was, it was, it was the right time. If I had done it any sooner, then, I, you know, I may not have had a job for that much longer. <laughs> well, the key, the key, I tell a lot of guys, mm. I, I said, here's the thing, man, don't give the company or any company mm. a reason to not want to do business with you. Right. And secondly, when you get into WWE and without forcing it, organically have some sort of relationship. Right. If it's, hey, Vince, how you doing? Right. Or whatever. A little, little bit more, a little bit more. Because at some point, all your high-level ideas that you may have for your character right. got to go through him. Right. Right, and it is important to develop that relationship. But at the same time, you know, Vince can smell a bullshitter. He knows if you just if you're trying to just kiss his ass. You know? Absolutely, <laughs> all those guys don't knew, but yeah, they know. But you know, it is it is. I mean, you you put it perfectly, man. It's just don't give them a reason to not want to do business with you. If you're there to do business, you're a businessman. You want to you want to make money. You want to make money for the company. You want to entertain people. You're there for the right reasons. Then yeah, they're they're going to want to have a relationship. If you had a young guy. Mm. That uh, you wanted, that wanted. Hey, Dave, I need, I'm thinking about getting to wrestling, and mm. I got. And he, and he, let's say he passed the eye test. Mm. Let's say okay, your body's okay. You, mm. That's not going to hold you back. What do you tell them to do? Or do you do you just? You can't really discourage somebody from trying to live their dream. Right. I can't. I don't have the. I don't have the ability to, to do that. But, I, I, but what do you tell them? How do I get into wrestling this, these days, Dave? Uh, well, now you know it's, it seems like there's only one way in. It's uh, you know it's kind of through the the NXT program, and uh, I will be quick to send somebody that way. And if they're lucky enough to make it through the door, I just uh, you know I usually just tell them to, to shut up, listen, pay attention, and work your ass off because I think that's what they're looking for right off the bat is just a work ethic because it's not it's not something you do. I mean, unless you're you know, you grew up and you're a legacy and you've been around it your whole life. It's something that's, you know, it's a little unnatural at first. But I think it's also, you got to walk in there. You can't walk in there with a big ego. You just got to check your ego at the door and just be willing to, to listen and just work your ass off, man. And it's just, which is not, it's it's much easier said than done because it's, you know, it's a hard business, man. It's physical. And those first few months of training, are, are they're a nightmare. Yeah, it's soreness and all that stuff. And look, I, it's all done by design. They know what they're doing. Yeah, and you're not getting, you know, it's not, you're not calling in sick. You know? <laughs> no, no. You, you call in sick, you're just, you know, go home, just pack your bags. You're not, you're coming to work, you're beat up, you're hurting, you're in pain, but, you know, so is everybody else. So you just one of those things you just do and you suck it up. And, you know, I, I've been there, I've had to go to training. It was embarrassing. You know, I've got trained where I was injured and I was, you know, my back wasn't right and I just couldn't hardly do anything and I just looked bad and felt bad, but. I think, uh, you know, right off the bat, initially, they just want to see you grinding, man. They just want to see that you want it. The, uh, that that group of alpha males that you were recruited with mm. was quite a herd of bulls to, to run with. Yeah. And, and everybody had their had a healthy ego to the extent that you didn't want to be the guy that didn't make the drills today. Oh, my God. Yeah, especially, you know, if you, if, if you were that guy, too. I mean, you know, the first guy you had calling you was Lesnar, you know. Hey, superstar, where are you? <laughs> where are you at? <laughs> it was weird, man, because we were all close, but we were all at the same time very competitive. And you know, with me being kind of a quiet-natured person, uh, I just had to let my physicality speak for me. You know, I'm not that guy. I'm not. You know, I don't have an aggressive personality. I'm, I'm pretty much a passive person. But but physically, I'm I'm just competitive. You know, if you, if you put me in there and ask me to run ropes, and I'll just run and hit them with as hard as I can can until I fall down. <laughs> I mean, I just that's it's the only thing I know. You know, it's just to work hard. It's how you know it's how I grew up. It's it's only you know it's only psychology I, I have. Man. How was the uh, 
beginning of your education there. I, I always enjoyed interacting with those guys, and I, I still uh, communicate with Danny Davis from time to time. Hey, look, if Danny Davis had been 6'3", he would have made a fortune in the wrestling business because he was a working fool. Right, right. He was. And you know, you know what's weird, man, is you know who I actually – picked up i always try to get him give him credit for this because he was always he was always there always there for all the boys and he was actually such an encyclopedia of wrestling but it was nick dinsmore i mean that kid just knew the ins and outs man and there was i mean there wasn't much that he, that he didn't know so when danny was in, in the office dealing with stuff that he was <laughs> sometimes i don't think he wanted to be dealing with yeah. you know something that may have involved a show or the tv show or whatever we were doing uh, paperwork that he needed to get to the office, which I'm sure he hated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Nick was was our guy, man. He was a uh, he was our encyclopedia, man. He was he was you know kind of a the guy who was always there with the answer. He's running his own little promotion up in South Dakota, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised by that at all. I follow his wife on Facebook. Dave. Yeah. Does that mean I'm old? I follow his wife yeah. on Facebook, and she's uh, the former Mrs. South Dakota. Oh man! Well, he's he's, he's done well. An overachiever, isn't he? Has he? Outpunted his coverage. <laughs> he was another guy that's a very underrated worker. He's got a school, I think. A, uh, yeah. He does a camp up there, so he's a real good guy to go learn fundamentals from. He's a great guy to learn fundamentals from, and I think uh, you know it's weird. He you know he was he's definitely underrated, but that's only because he never really got to show everybody we could do. You know, when he was doing Eugene, he was just stuck to a certain gimmick. And it worked, you know, it, it was, the people loved it, but at the same time, it never really afforded him the opportunity to really show off his skill set, which was, you know, quite, uh, quite lengthy, man. He, uh, he could do anything. Have you kept up with the, uh, or this came across your timeline on mm-hmm. the Jericho Kenny Omega match that they started on Twitter building? Everybody thought it might be a shoot, which right. is laughable. And, you know, you dudes ain't going to waste your time uh, pissing on each other on Twitter. Right, right. <laughs> it's some money somewhere. Right. You know, it's, it's, you know, I actually, uh, we, <laughs> so, you know, the last time I went back, they didn't really, there was certain weeks where they just had no idea what they wanted to do with me. That was just back. They didn't have a plan. So they actually had, uh, had a Diggler or Ziggler, <laughs> yeah. um, tweet out something like calling me out one night. And that was how they built the program, <laughs> which I was not happy about. But we threw together a match. But yeah, that's just such a waste of time. And that's just not, you're not telling a story, man. I, you know, that's what I mean. But that's the way the business has changed, I guess. It's but big time. They're going to be a main event. The Wrestle Kingdom show in the Tokyo Dome on January 4th, the biggest wow. event of the year for, for New Japan. And that angle, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. was uh, created on Twitter wow. uh, and maybe Instagram, but but mm-hmm. social media certainly, where, you know, uh, Omega's talking about, I think I even used the, the line on, on some commentary, you know, Kenny Omega may be mm-hmm. the greatest wrestler to ever come from Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. And that would include Roddy Piper and Chris right. Jericho. So right. it's certainly arguable. Well, then, of course, they ran with a little thing there, and Omega uses it now. He's the, he was the greatest, and that Jericho. It was perfectly done to where smarter people than me actually believed it was a shoot. Wow. Yeah, I, don't, I, I mean, I wasn't familiar with any of I'm I'm really kind of out of touch with with life in general, but... I tell you, man, if uh, Jericho, I'm, I'm still a fan. I was a fan of his when, uh, you know, he was in WCW. Uh, I watched him throughout you know, WWE. I was had the fortunate opportunity to work with him, and I, I'm proud to call him a friend. I, I love that kid. Yeah, he's a good dude, man. He is a good, he uh, is a good dude. And he is, he's old school, man. Yeah, I love it. I love him. I remember Jerry Briscoe and I made a recruiting trip mm. to see him in Tampa. 
at the Bombay Bicycle Club. <laughs> I don't know where the hell that is, but we were there, Briscoe and me and uh, and Chris. He was making more money at WCW on his guarantee right. than I could guarantee him. Right. However, I said, that number will be eclipsed in a matter of months. Right. You got to invest a little in us and a little in yourself to, to get there. I can't pay you that number. Right. And I said, one of the reasons they're in trouble is they're paying that number. They got yeah. their, you know, their, they, their, their payroll's too damn inflated. Right. So uh, he comes in, he blows every number away, makes, and never had an issue there in that respect. Hey, listen, Dave, he got well booked. He interrupted The Rock in Chicago. Right, right. Yeah, I remember that. I remember him coming. I remember him making the crossover. I remember, uh, you know, Chris is, and he's one of those guys, you know, he just, uh, you're giving him uh, an opportunity. You know, you give him a chance to steal a spotlight. <laughs> and he'll just take it, man. He's just, he's that guy, and he's definitely got that charisma. So, yeah, I mean, well-deserved. He knew he knew he was going to be a star. And, I, you know, I think everybody did. He's just got that charisma about him, man. And he's got a real old-school mentality, man. He's just he's just a tough kid. Yeah, you know, he uh, he's a guy that, he got into a confrontation with Goldberg, some, one of our TVs, and, <laughs> yeah. and you know, and, and Bill's a lot bigger than Chris. Right, right. Chris under six feet. Right. And uh, didn't back down an inch he, to his credit. Has, he has no back down in him. No. <laughs> None at all. He is a scrapper, and he's, you know, he's he's older and mature now, but I've seen Chris out drinking. <laughs> And he's just a salty old dog, man. He's just, he's real, he's real old school. He's married with children now, and he's, you know, he's, he's a little tame, a little more tame. But, you know, I saw him in, you know, in his heyday when he was on the road, and he was, you know, living life like a rock star, man. He's a uh, he's real old school. He's a tough kid, man. I think he likes that rock star lifestyle. He's, it just, it's just who he is. Yeah. I think that's what gives him his edge, you know, gives him his charisma. He gets that energy from it. We're going to, he's doing a, a cruise next mm-hmm. fall. Lawler and I are going to be the, the host of the cruise. Mm. Now, can you imagine that sickness? No. <laughs> no. No, really, seriously. I mean, here I am, a newly minted widower. Oh, man. You know, and uh, hey, look, Lawler and I are going to be the, the MCs. And I'm only wondering what I might believe. It's going to be interesting to see the uh, clientele. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it's Because uh, it's going to be Sodom and Gomorrah on this cruise. It's, yeah, with, yeah, with a bunch of wrestlers and the Ring of Honor guys having shows, and there's going to be all kinds of other Jericho's band and all these other bands. So you got rock guys, right. want to be rock stars, and rock stars, and comedians, and or wrestlers, and wrestlers. <laughs> Jesus, why would you? How yeah. could you miss that? It sounds like a good time. You got to, you got to throw in a NASCAR driver in there somewhere. We got to find that just guy just to make it. You know, <laughs> I'm with you. I want to ask you: Do you have any? Uh, chance to uh cross paths with the the rock no you know i haven't talked to him in a while i talked to him a while back because he, there was some mention of me doing uh one of the fast and furious films and i called him and i you know i wanted to get his opinion on it because i always thought you know and i always think along the lines of professional wrestling like i always thought he and i in a, a film would be smart booking me too i thought it's an easy sell and i wondered if you know, if we did for our first time on film together, if we did a franchise that was already established, if it would take away from that. And I wanted his opinion on that. He didn't seem to think so, but he, you know, he was, he, he's always been very good to me. Uh, even from day one, it was even early in our, my career, I had come in and, you know, I was riding with Devon at first. So I would go and dress, you know, a lot of the vets, they dress in the TV locker room and not the regular locker room. Right. 
So I was riding with, with Devon. So Devon told me to come on with him. And I, so I was in the TV locker room. And I put all my stuff in, in Rocky's locker. And he came back and he said, whose stuff is this? And I said, uh, I'm sorry, it's mine. And he already had the locker. He had stuff in there. And he said, well, you, you don't mind if we uh, share a locker? And I was like, no. <laughs> but I thought he was going to ring me, but he was just... He was just always that good to me, man. He was that gracious to me, and I think a lot of it had to do because I, you know, I broke in with his family. Yeah. Uh, but he was just always good to me, and same when I brought up the film thing, he was just very gracious, and he said, he, you know, he'd love to do, he'd love to do a film with me. Uh, we're just waiting, I guess, for the right opportunity. Of course, he's, you know, ten times busier than I am. Uh, so, but hopefully something will come around. But yeah, I do keep in touch with him, and I have picked his brain for advice, and he's given me some really, really solid advice. Uh, Sharp Hollywood, Hollywood, whole different animal, man. So it's yeah. Yep. I really uh, am amazed at his empire. I remember sitting at that little counter in, I think it was uh, Davy, mm. and uh, eating uh, black beans and yellow rice and grilled chicken. <laughs> right. And he said, I'd like to buy you at lunch, JR. This is when we were getting ready to sign him. But I only got seven bucks to my name. <laughs> and so I was watching Ballers the other night, and lo and behold, it's seven bucks entertainment. Yeah. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, man, look at this dude. That's great. He hasn't forgotten it. When my, my book came out, there's so much of Jan in the book, and she loved rock. And I mean, every, What woman didn't love rock, for God's right, sake? Right. What, some guys love rock. We all enjoy being around him. That's, for sure. That's the thing about the guy. So uh, anyway, when my book came out, he jumped on it, and, and uh, I told a story on the Colin Cowherd show on Fox TV that how I – this story about the seven bucks, and he rock tweeted it out and promoted my book, and – you know, for for him to do that was maybe on his side wasn't a big deal, but it was a damn big deal to me. Yeah. Because it got me exposure from my product right. into a lot of places that normally would not have gone. Yeah. Well, he's just, he, he's a good dude. And I don't think this has gone to his head. And I think that's why, you know, when you said, you know, what woman doesn't like him, what man doesn't like him. And I think right. it's just because he is, he's just, he's just a good guy, man. He's just, he's just a good, good dude. What are you working on right now? What's your immediate project? I'm still on. Uh, I, I'm going to this film. Well, they they're doing two back to back. I'm I'm still on Avengers. Is I'm going to wrap up my year with with the more Avengers. I started doing Avengers in January, but they're filming two films back to back. So I've just been on it nonstop, nonstop in and out of Atlanta. So yeah, I'll wrap up my my year with that. I was kidding you earlier about my limited experience and and getting paranoid about forgetting my lines. Is there a trick that you have learned? Did you take some classes to be able to retain that information? No, you know what? I, I, it's weird, man. It's, uh, uh, yeah, I've, I've learned that, you know, it's, it's kind of all about who, who you work with. You know, sometimes, you know, it's one of those things where you literally have to just learn the lines. If you have them in your head, you know, when you get to set, it may be very conversational and you can change it all up. Some people like to just stay on the page, but I've learned that if you just kind of, yeah, there's much more time to, to learn your lines for one. It's not like an on the moment thing where stuff's being handed to you and this is what you got to remember. And you got five minutes to do it because we're live. <laughs> you got plenty of time to, to memorize this stuff. And also there's a, always a script supervisor. So if you do, miss a line here or there they will remind you of of the line but i think a lot of times it's just uh getting the general premise in your head and then making a conversation and that turns into to acting um again if you if you're really they want you to stay on page you just have multiple opportunities to nail it so it's just you know it's, it's not not like live television you know where you just 
you got it, you say it, it's done, you over it, it's over with, man. If you mess it up, you mess it up. You might get hell for it. Hopefully, you just you're not going to nail it. But you know, it's just kind of what it is. There's just much more opportunity for error, or much more, you know, uh, much more forgiveness uh, for error in, in film. The one question that was the overwhelming question uh, when we uh, wanted to get questions uh, from our social media sources was. When are you going back to WWE, or would you go back to WWE, or do you want? Is, is that all to do with you returning to wrestling? Right. And uh, so, I mean, obviously, you got a great career to do what you're doing, but right. would a one-off WrestleMania-like right. appearance or something like that even be considered? Yeah, well, that's you know that's been the issue for me, man, because it's not like you know I've you know I've, I'm still I've never burnt that bridge, man, and, and it really is because I I still love wrestling, and I, everybody in the WWE has always been really good to me. I have my gripes with the company, which I'm sure everybody does, but at the same time, I don't you know I don't ever disrespect the company intentionally. I, I don't really have any reason to, but also because you know I didn't leave there under bad circumstances. I left just because I wanted to pursue. Uh, other things, I didn't walk out on them. I, you know, I let my contract run out. They knew I was going to be leaving, so I, I did business the right way, and uh, I'm really thankful that I did. Um, but the, the short answer to that is yes, I, w- I would love to go back. But the reason I have not gone back is because I don't want to do a one-off. I want to go and I want to wrestle, man. I want to do some house shows, and I want to wow. be, a, you know, I want to be a part of the program, and I love it. And uh, I just the one-off thing, the cheap pop thing, it just man, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, so now it's a matter of like scheduling, and you know if I could go back, and yeah, that, you know not, if I happen to get injured, is it going to affect something else? Well, that's the deal. You're very logical, and you're street. Yeah. You, yeah, you've been street smart for a long time, pal. Yeah, yeah, See? yeah. Well, before I was, uh, yeah, I was schooled in uh, wrestling. Absolutely, <laughs> I knew that. You know, I know, I knew that. So, but you're right about that deal. Could you schedule it for one? Right. To make it enough to make it worth your while because you want to get back to the flow and the yeah. rhythm and find your speed again. Yeah, and it took me, you know, it took me a few months last time I went back. It took me a good three months to really get in a, get in a groove and, and start, you know, to get people to react the way I, I thought they were going to react. Just not a cheap pop guy, man. It just it doesn't work for me. It doesn't. It's not appealing to me at all. It actually turns me off. I got you. Well, I, I'm sorry I suggested. Like many of my booking ideas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but they, you know, they've, they've, you know, we, I stay in touch, man. And I've talked to Vince recently and he knows, he knows what I want. And, you know, I've made it very clear that I, I wanted to go back and run a program with Hunter. Uh, I've been very public about it. And I think that's, oh, wow. that's the thing that would get me back. I'd pay to see that. Yeah. And I think this just, it would be for one, it would be, there's so much history there. It'd be easy story to tell. So we wouldn't have to spend all that much time telling the story. Uh, we, and we could get right back in the flow. And also, you know, if I am a, a little rusty or a lot rusty, uh, you know, Hunter's just, you know, to me, he's just the, the best there's ever been and that guy. So I could really just kind of fall into his groove and allow him for to make up for my weaknesses. <laughs> well, that's what great workers do. He, and he's great. Yeah. And he's great. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, for whatever reason, I gave him the nickname, the Cerebral Assassin. Right. Fits him behind the scenes. Yep. And in, oh, in front of the scene. Well, really, right? He's, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's a, that guy. He's, he's a man, that's perfect. Yeah, he's yeah. a man's man yeah. that's got a brain. Yep. So he's done a good job there. Hey, listen, I, I want to tell you, I you were always one of my wife's favorites. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was, you know, JR, man, I, you know, I have to say this, man, before we hang up, because, yeah, and I, and I, and I was thinking about it beforehand. It's just one of those things. It's just never, it's, it's just never a good time to bring it up. And, 
and it, it's, I'm just heartbroken for you, man. And I, and I, but I wanted to say that Jan was always so sweet to me, like went out of her way um, to be nice to me. And when when she passed, I, f- I shed some tears, buddy. Uh, it's still, it's really sad, man. I'm, yeah. just, I'm heartbroken for you, man. Well, I appreciate it, pal. There's never an easy day in this deal, in this transition, mm-hmm. but there are some better days. Yeah. And, you know, the book's doing good. It's, it's got a lot of her in it. And so I, I'm out there doing these book signings under the guise of, for the book, but I'm doing it to get the hell out, get out of the house and I get to go hug people and I get to hug yeah. me. And, yeah. and she used to tell me this all the time because I, I don't like that celebrity thing. I don't even know what the hell it is. I'm a wrestling announcer, man. Come on. Yeah. And so, uh, but I figured out, you know, that I feel a bigger part of some people's lives than I ever realized. For sure. And so for that, I'm really thankful. And, yeah. and I know uh, my neighbor told me the other day, he says, well, How's your book doing, Jr.? I hear it's doing pretty good. So it's doing great. So on the third printing, blah blah blah. Right. He said, uh, "Well, you know, you got some inside. Uh, you got you got some inside help." I said, "What do you mean, Gary?" He said, uh, "Well, you get that angel up there in heaven watching yeah. over you." So I think he's kind of right on that deal. She's keep her eye on the project, and yeah. and uh, but boy, I was I wasn't ready for it. But uh, hey, I had twenty five years for the Dave, and I got to move on and. And I and I live in her memory. We're going to have some fun, and yeah. and, uh, and we're going to have a New York Times bestseller, with, and it's yeah. all dedicated to her. That's awesome, man. So look, uh, I'm proud of you, buddy. Uh, you're doing great. Uh, you're making good decisions, uh, and uh, I am. I just got to say, I'm just so proud of uh, that you outgrew just being a bodyguard le- leviathan. <laughs> Thank you, man. <laughs> So I appreciate you, Jared. Thank you for all the help and advice along the years, man. And again, Jan, just she couldn't have been any nicer to me, and she never had any reason to be, man. Even when I, you know, when I was holding that stupid box for Devon. <laughs> all right, buddy. Hey, listen. Best of luck in everything you do. Happy holidays coming up, and uh, I hope that we get to our paths crossed one of these days, and and uh, I get a big hug. Yes, sir. The Ross Report. The Ross Report. Man, what a show! Love this show. Dave Batista delivered the goods. Emotional. Last few moments with him. It's amazing how my little angel affected so many of those big, strong guys. You know why it was, folks? Because she had a good heart, and she looked him in the eye, and she was honest and sincere. And in the wrestling business, sometimes that uh, mindset is not prevailing. I also want to thank my buddy, Jerry the King Lawler, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed our little car ride tonight. And we got a part two is crazy. It's funny in hell. <laughs> I really believe that there's a, there's a reality show there. You know, I had this idea about a cooking show. I pitched this idea in LA last week, not an official pitch meeting, but a, with some guys that could get it done that liked the idea It's for the King and I travel to your home and cook for you. you know, he's a restaurateur now. I've written a best-selling cookbook. I fashion myself as a somewhat of a foodie. So you would send in your videotapes to tell us why we should come cook for you. And then we could play those videotapes on the, on the 30 minute show to set everything up. And then here we go unloading our stuff. And, uh, it could be funny. It could be really entertaining. You probably wouldn't get any great recipes out of it, but you might have some comfort food. And have some fun. Anyway, no idea. But the King will be back with us next week. The uh, final part of his interview. Great uh, being with him. Check out his podcast as well. 
And if you're in Memphis, man, you know where to go eat and drink and meet Mary. So thanks to both David Tisa and Jerry the King Lawler here tonight. Made this show very special. Remember that we're going to Boston. I am very excited about a holiday ringside with Jim Ross show coming to Boston at Laugh Boston. If you haven't got your tickets, they are still available at laughboston.com. It is a matinee, the weekend of the WWE Clash of Champions on Sunday, on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock at Laugh Boston. I'll have my uh, ringside with Jim Ross show, the great Q&A stories, joined by the much more talented than I, Jeremy Borash, and uh, we'll have fun there. So uh, join us if you can for the matinee show. Saturday, December 16th, Laugh Boston. We'll make you laugh. We'll tell some great stories. Slobber Knocker's doing great. It's getting uh, close to a fourth printing, so it's it's hot. And, man, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful I have the balls to finish it. That almost didn't happen. I understand there are still some distribution issues. Either the books are pre-ordered and sold out, the distributor uh, is slow on the draw. I don't know what the deal is. We're investigating, I swear to God. But boy, howdy. A lot of layers to get to the answers here. Nonetheless, please be patient. The book is selling really, really well. I know Barnes & Noble got a bunch of them. I know Books a Million got them. I know uh, Amazon. But we're still waiting for the big Amazon shipment to arrive in the U.K. Where Amazon U.K. has uh, done a great job. All the Amazon has done a great job for us. So... There are some good stores there. Barnes & Noble has been my go-to pretty much on our signings. And by the way, we're going to do a signing. I mentioned we're doing a signing. All these signings we're doing in Tulsa and all that. I'm doing a unique deal in uh, in New York City, Tribeca. Barnes & Noble in Tribeca. That's going to be on uh, Tuesday, December 5. Yeah, Tuesday, December 5. We'll be at the Barnes & Noble in Tribeca in New York City. And we're going to add a Q&A element to it. So we're going to have a, not only a Q, we're going to only sign books, we're going to do a Q&A. That's why I say if you're at any of my signings, yeah, I'd like for you to buy a book. I'd be lying if it didn't. But if you just want to come by or you can't afford a book, you don't want a book, <laughs> you don't like to read, I don't know what to tell you. So but come by. I, I'm good with that. So that's what it's all about, giving back. And a lot, I signed a lot of other things while I've been on these, these book tours. And I'm happy to do it for you as well. So there is that coming up. So Slobberknocker is doing very well. We are blessed and thankful as heck. But I will be honest, new trend in wrestling. I will be honest. You don't hear that a lot. I will be honest when I say that the demand has kicked supplies ass. We're trying. So bear with us, okay? Bear with us. And also thank you guys that have enjoyed the audio book. Audible.com, Amazon's got it. You can order it off of a Barnes & Noble site. The audio book has really overachieved. I'm really tickled with that. And I didn't want to read it. How about that? So anyhow, you, you, you make yourself finish a project, how good it is. Remember what Daddy said? Quitting is the easiest thing in the world to get good at. It is and always will be. Remember the uh, new app, the Podcast One app? You download the brand new app, folks. Uh, at the App Store, of course. Where, where else would you get the apps? Damn it. At the App Store, you idiot. Yeah, I know JR. Or on Google Play. It's a one-of-a-kind app that lets you experience the podcast like never before. And I appreciate you guys supporting the sponsors big time at podcast1.com. 
that's a good good site for you to check out podcast one.com so steve and chris got great podcasts along with a lot of other folks there on podcast one and uh support them all support them all chris got his own network He's also a cruise master, as you know, chrisjerichocruise.com. I'm going on it. The King and I are hosting it. And so get the info at chrisjerichocruise.com. Next week here on the show, uh, Jerry the King Lawler Part 2. I think you're going to get a kick out of that. We cover some crazy shit. And he doesn't even cuss or drink or smoke. But I did enough for the team. So just, just let that go. Well, so next week we'll have santana garrett one of the great female wrestlers in the world will join me here next week for the first time and we'll be talking about her career at a big show she's involved with mlw's got a big show coming up on uh, the 7th of december in orlando they're calling it never say never ladies and gentlemen great broadcast team tony Schiavone, rich machini good guys tony has been reborn he's having a blast and doing it sporadically kind of keeps your toe in the water and lets you scratch the itch, but not go crazy. I feel the same thing about my work I get to do for New Japan on Access TV. And by the way, there's some big news coming out of Access TV imminently regarding the holidays, regarding Wrestle Kingdom, regarding a lot of things. So stay tuned for that. But in any event, the Podcast One support has been very much appreciated. And next week's show with Santana Garrett, uh, who's going to be again wrestling. Uh, on the December 7th show for Court Bowers group. Uh, she'll be taking on Laurel Van Ness. So she'll be good. Upcoming weeks, we're going to talk to Matt Riddle, John Morrison, and maybe Tom Lawler. So all compelling personalities, all got a different story. You know, it's just, I love talking to the hungry young youngsters. I really sound old, didn't I? I really like to talk to the young youngsters. If you want more information on that, MLW.com. Let's go there. They got everything you need to know. December 7th to date. Don't miss it. And by the way, before we get out of here, uh, I want to say it's good to see Paige back in WWE. She was on Raw Monday night. Really was impressed with her presence and how the audience received her. You know, she got the welcome back pop, but I think she's over. I really do. I like her. She is a character. She has a big personality, and she's not to be trifled with. I like her game. She's going to fit in beautifully with these women that uh, WWE have assembled. So good to see Paige back. And look, she got her on the entourage on night one. They must be thinking good things about her. I sure am. And then my kids are coming over. We're going to do a little OU football this weekend. Oklahoma playing West Virginia. Going to be a good ball game. Anybody that thinks all these distractions that OU's gone, undergone won't have any effect, probably not looking at it very logically. Or they need to take off the old crimson colored glasses, of which I am a very prominent wearer of. I expect the game to be a little dicey and a lot of self-imposed pressure. So I, uh, without Becker Mayfield starting, he's not the captain of his last home game because of his indiscretions and lack of judgment at Kansas. I applaud Lincoln Rowley for making that strong decision, and I applaud Baker Mayfield for admitting his error of his ways. Talking to somebody that's a national guy, and I said, you know, you guys don't know him. You don't know Baker Mayfield. I know Baker Mayfield. I know his mom and his dad. He made a mistake. Show me a 21-year-old that hasn't. God almighty, thank God I, admit, I didn't get caught half the time. I'd be a McAllister. That's our state prison, by the way. 
So in any event, as he has been referred to in my world as singing of Becker Mayfield, the Shawn Michaels of college football, I am still in his corner and always will be because I know the kid. I know he's not a bad kid. So uh, on that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to hop in the old truck and uh, head back to Norman and get ready for a wonderful week with friends and family. I'm going to miss my angel, but she's going to be looking around and she'll be observing. She had that pumpkin pie down to a science, just like my mother made. And then she would make real old-fashioned cornbread dressing in a black skillet. God almighty. So have a great Thanksgiving, ladies and gentlemen. For our entire massive staff here in the Ross Report, including the star producer Andrew Ford, the voice of the Blanchard football team. They got a big one Saturday, semifinals. I'm pulling for you, Andrew. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's going to be a good week. Love somebody, hug somebody, and whatever you do, maximize life's minutes to the fullest. And remember, those tomorrows are not guaranteed. So until next week. I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying boomer soon and so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Ross Report. Download a brand new episode every week at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Trump and the memo. I'm Ed Donahue with an AP News Minute. Trust your FBI director on this. President Trump is back at the White House from West Virginia. On the, memo, sir. on the memo, sir. White House officials say President Trump will clear the way for the publication of a controversial GOP-authored memo, despite objections from the FBI. The memo was prepared by Republicans on the House Intelligence Committee and is said to allege misconduct by the FBI in its investigation of potential ties between Russia and Trump's 2016 campaign. Shots were fired at Salvador B. Castro Middle School this morning in Los Angeles. Two students were injured. The most uh, critical was a 15-year-old male that received a gunshot wound to the head. However, replacing him in critical but stable condition. A female student is in custody, and the police chief in Los Angeles says they believe she is 12 years old. Police say a gun has been recovered. Another student, a 15-year-old, is in fair condition. I'm Ed Donahue. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? (laughs) You pay me more. Jeff Smith teaches on the sliding scale. (laughs) Those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.